on now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the U.S. Robinson Show Some new headphones, courtesy of Kid Nate and Steph Haynes. Yeah, Haynes. Haynes. So I'm gonna try them at the beginning. If they don't work, how about this? DM me or tweet me, and I'll switch out to the other one. If they do work, all is dick. We're gonna have the mystery Q and A session as usual. You can tweet me your questions or DM me your questions in the middle of the show. Do not send them before I give the high sign. I don't want you gaming the system, putting some bullshit question in and then going to the wine bar. Doesn't work that way. When I get the high sign, then you send your questions in. But right now, Bob Riley with the words that say it all from Stigmata, calling of the just, intro all of nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. When you hit the car with a hammer. I'm taking a real good look at you. Taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and for always nothing. All right. All right, my minor friend. Let's see if these new headphones look. These new headphones see. M pow, pow. They either say M pow or meow, like the car stereo system I used to have that was called El Tech. First name El, second name Tech, and it, it was from Mexico, and it, it was variable speed, which means the faster you drove, the faster the tape played. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be that way. All right, phones. Let's see. Uh, I'm getting a reading. How about this? If you can't hear me, now hold on. I don't get me in the headphones yet. If you can't hear me, uh, tweet me because I got the phone right here. And let's see. I'm going to open the, the, the twits. I'm going to open the twits right now. Uh, and if there's a problem, let me know. I still don't have. Let me see if I can get it coming through my headset. I still don't. No, nah, nah, it's not recognizing this. Which is making me very, very nervous. Um, uh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out with the new headphones. I can't. This back with the old headphones. I can't talk for an hour and have it not register. So hold on. Give me two seconds. 
two seconds to cut the rebob, daddy -o. Yeah, these uh, these let in a lot of ambience, uh, ambience, ambience. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you ever listen to Bill Burr. You listen to Bill Burr, and he does that. He periodically, uh, it, there we go, Plantronics on on the ball. He uh, uh, periodically uh, interrupts the show with, "Lady," you know that that's Jerry Lewis. I, I didn't know how many y'all knew that, but anyway, let let let's go back right in time. Okay, I got a message. I guess it's all right. Uh. Yeah, uh, there was more. De okay, the headphones worked well. I thought they worked well. There was more details of your voice. Yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't get a monitor thing in. In so these are better with the monitor. So all right, uh, you can hear me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he smells a rat. Uh, all right. So first of all, I had a lot of questions about where I was last week, and uh, if you follow me on Instagram, and that's like uh, Mr. Sleep Three, numeral three on Instagram. You'll, you'll notice a, a, a tradition. I never tell you where I'm going. Only suckers what's want their houses broken into do that. I'll tell you where I've been. And those of you who followed on the Twitter, you knew that I wasn't going to do the show. So you at least knew I wasn't home, but you didn't know how close I was. And the reality of it is now, I, I, I cannot tell you where I was. Any, any, any location stamp that you get on any picture I put up with is bullshit. I wasn't at Big Bear. I had to put that. I've sworn myself to secrecy, and I gave you guys some hints. Some of you may have looked up uh, Singlaub, S-I-N-G-L-A-U-B. Um, I could have gone, I could have gone a little deeper, but let, 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 let's go down a little history lesson and, and give you guys a sense of there was a time. <laughs> there was a time post 1984. It was Reagan, uh, Reagan Revolution. He he uh, 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 dealt. Uh, a savage beating to uh, to the peanut farmer from Georgia, Jimmy Carter. And I need to say at the outset, if you came for MMA content and you don't want some other shit, bail. You got to bail. Because as usual, this is a raga. I'm not getting to the MMA stuff right around the question and answer session. So you're going to have to wait. If you can't stand it, I'll understand. But this, this I got to explain this. So... Um, in the midst of the Reagan Revolution, now I had a friend who was a, a CEO, founded a company called Stanford Telecom. His name is Jim Spilker. And Spilker said that he had gone to a meeting. This is back when they were talking about a thousand points of light and brittle pebbles and Star Wars. And he said, you know, a guy stood up on stage and said something that violated. Don't can't don a shalala me. It was just a bridge to another store, to another point. So even if you've heard it before, bear with me. He said, Guy stood up on stage and said something that violated the laws of thermodynamics. And he's like, <laughs> like, you know, like you might when you're with a bunch of PhDs, you look around for confirmation, everybody else gets it. And everybody's attention was wrapped and directed toward the stage. And he was like, what am I missing here? And he said, what he was missing is like much like, uh, 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 <laughs> much like Bugs Bunny, when Bugs Bunny is forced to pick up the Easter egg root on the on the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon, and the big drunken uh, uh, Easter Bunny has had it, can't take it, and sends him down Tobacco Road, where the white trash family non-pariah lives. Uh, you know, he goes skipping up with his eggs. Well, it's a digression. The point, <laughs> the point, the point is, the point, uh, 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 very specifically is, um. Ooh, I forgot what the point was. No, the point was in the, in the in the Reagan Revolution, the guy standing on stage at the podium 
was like Bugs Bunny throwing these Easter eggs around at anybody who would grab an Easter egg. And the Easter egg was probably a check of a sizable amount of money. It's like, listen, if I come up to you and I'm willing to pay you $10,000 to, to bring me back a snipe, an invisible magical bird, you know, people say, oh, let's go for a snipe hunt. Are you going to take the money or you're not going to take the money? My friend Jim looks around the room and realizes he's in a room of people who are willing to take the money. Every single fucking nickel of it. Now, as far as I know, Star Wars doesn't exist. We don't have millions of points of light and brilliant pebbles. We can't shoot missiles out of the sky. We can use chafe. Doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. Somebody comes to town. Somebody crazy comes to town. Look, do you think Howard Hughes in the last days of his syphilitic uh, air-conditioned nightmare in a hotel room in Vegas, do you think that he in any way, shape, or form was calling shots that made sense? Do you think at any point anybody was going to say, hey, no, Howard, listen, man, no, listen. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody was going to do that. And you'll discover the richer you get, the more, the more, the, you know, the, the more likely that people are willing to to just go with the flow, bro. So in this hothouse environment of the mid to late 80s, and Reagan was in and he was frustrated, wanted to stop the commies down in Nicaragua. Couldn't think of a way to do that because c- Congress had, you know, this was the days before you, if you're a president, you could just do that shit. Congress had tied his hands. He cooked up the scheme. Look, uh, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. This is history. Eugene Hassenfuss, Eugene Hassenfuss, whose plane crashed, they started to work on a on a on a on a triangle, and the triangle formed the body of what we came to know as Iran Contra Gate. The idea was to sell guns to the Iranians, to take the money from the Zezet, to buy drugs, to to, to 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 arm the Contras and that the fight against the communists in Nicaragua because not, no domino shall fall. And around and around she goes where she stops. Nobody in Congress knows. And suddenly, guys I start working with, you didn't think I'd ever get to the point, did you? Guys I start working with, their names start appearing in the newspaper. Because at the time, I happened to be uh, uh, an editor at... Defense Electronics Magazine, also Defense Computing Magazine, also the C3I Handbook, Command, Control, Communications, and Intelligence. Why? Because I was one of those people who, when Bugs Bunny came skipping down the lane, I want an Easter egg, I want an Easter egg, I want an Easter egg. Oh, I talked to Big Game when I was at Microwave Systems News, the non-war version of, uh, of it. And they said, Eugene, we got good news. I go, what's that? They go, we're going to transfer you to Defense Electronics. I go, suppose I don't want to go with the, the, the blood and guts types. And then they gave me that look. That look that's a kind of corollary to the Lost Battalion look. You know, the Lost Battalion look is when somebody says, man, when I fight for the belt and nobody in this team can bring themselves to like say, yo, bro, there's no fucking belt. You're not, you know, you know what you're fighting for? You're, not, you're, you're fighting for your ass. That's it. There's nothing else for you. This is a variation of that, where I'm trying to be like all hippified punk rock dude. I won't work for the defense industry, man. So what if I don't want to take the transfer? And they looked at me like, 
hold him here which 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 predates one of my favorite scenes in goodfellas hence the shine box photo where he says you know i i just get out of prison billy bat says i just get out of prison and this fucking this this uh, this prick you know what's he getting all uh and he go and and jimmy played by rob de niro a, almost a bombing victim said uh you know to be fair billy you were a little bit disrespectful just a little bit god disrespectful nug i'm just busting his balls a little bit and then de niro says okay that's the look I got when I said, ah, what if I don't want to take this pr promotion? And they're like, okay. <laughs> I fucking wised up. And my friend, let's just call him Dave B, because I don't know that he wants his name on the show. And he, he dragged me in and he said, Eugene, listen, listen, um, do you think that you have a right to defend yourself? So yeah, I spent my whole life fucking tilting toward defending myself. Some MMA, whatever. He goes, okay. Um, do you think a uh, country has a right to defend itself. I go, fuck yeah. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Good. So do you feel okay with your tax dollars going to pay for the country defending itself? I go, yeah, yeah, you know, sure, you know. And, and he goes, do you agree that we can spend that money poorly or we could spend that money wisely? I go, yeah, you could, you know, I, I could buy myself a blowgun as a home defense device but I think that would be a pretty ineffective use of home defense dollars. He goes, exactly. That's why we exist. Now, this was a hooey, but it, it, it helped me. And he said, you know, we are helping the people who make defense buys make informed decisions. The reality of it was anybody making a defense buy, you know, was lining up at the trough where Bugs Bunny was going to throw egg and they wanted to get as many eggs as possible and didn't give a shit. There's so much stuff that I loved that when I started, when I went out to these trade shows, these big military trade shows, like the AH-64A Apache attack helicopter. My favorite part of the attack helicopter was the chain gun mounted underneath that was connected to a headpiece. Where you look, the gun goes. You could just, I mean, imagine, I could, everywhere I looked, I could just spread death and fear. It would be pretty fantastic, actually. Sorry stay on point then i discovered it didn't work but they sold it anyway f14 f15 there were problems sold them anyway hercules chc for the, the, the big military transport the ones that trail the, uh, the 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 huge antenna over the pacific atlantic ocean communicating with the long long-range nuclear subs that there are problems with all of these all of these things the fact that we're still buying why? But because it doesn't matter whether they work. <laughs> you do. Eisenhower said at best, be, and I'm even afraid to say it, beware the military-industrial complex because they'll fuck you up. <laughs> these are, these are non-recoupable dollars, man. I mean, if, if they cut a tax break for Apple, you get goddamn sure that the president's going to be on TV, any president. Obama or Trump is going to be on TV saying, yo, hey, how about bringing some of those jobs back to America? <laughs> you own a defense company and nobody says a shit. They don't. So that's a preamble. One of the cats I, I, I met there, um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine, actually, now, he blew the whole program.
He blew the whole program. You can look him up. His name is James Wesley, comma, Rawls. R-A-W-L-E-S. His books are available on Amazon.com. He runs a blog called survivalblog.com. The weirdness with the name was he, he, he was advised to do so by G. Gordon Liddy. To find him, he is the head of the American Redoubt movement. He was the one who pointed to me that a lot of the people that we worked with were appearing in the newspapers as a result of these uh, uh, congressional investigations that gave birth to Oliver North, you know, Elliot Abrams. You, many of you are way too young to remember this, but this was a big deal. This was about the biggest deal in government since, since Watergate, hence the gate attached to Contra. And this is where Reagan gave it. Reagan had Nixon kicking himself when he stood up and tried to explain himself. He goes, hey, uh, mistakes were made. <laughs> uh, his bio, a, bio, a recent biographer, a guy's got a book coming out this month on, on Reagan. He said, well, isn't it true that he had Alzheimer's? I was like, no, 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 no. That dude knew what was going on. So this guy is headed this American readout movement. And I'm there because so you're getting all kinds of blast of new exciting news that you only get because you subscribe and because you're listening now. Ozzy, OZY.com, the guys who pay my check and who I work for, are got all in on this thing that I've created called Ozzy Confidential. They said they wanted to, Ozzy's got a, a podcast called The Thread, which conceptually is genius. They take John Lennon and connect it to Vladimir Lenin. And each, each, each version is some version where you follow the thread through and from one end to another. Of course, the first one from Lennon to Lennon was ah, the best. But they said they wanted to do a podcast. And they came to me and said, you should do a podcast. With. I said, great. And I came up with some ideas. And then they put me in touch with somebody from uh, an advisor on our uh, kind of on our board who's from NPR. And, and everything that they suggested made it come back sounding like NPR. And I, and I said, you know, I appreciate you guys giving me this chance, but it's not working. I don't really want to do a podcast to appeal to uh, uh, white women my mother's age. Though my mother is not a white woman, as you might imagine. And they're like, all right, yeah. And they lost interest. And they said, you know what, Eugene, why don't you just go do whatever you want and we'll pay for it. So I grabbed my, my dude, Jamie Kahn, whose father used to be like the keyboard player in the Grateful Dead or some such thing. Owns a studio in San Francisco, or a co-owner in a studio. He's in a band with uh, uh, Tommy Guerrero, uh, famous skateboarder. He said, okay. And I said, man, I want to do these things like audio, audio movies. And, and, and I want them totally, every time I listen to NPR, like my friend Andy Average described it as, they have voices like macrame. Welcome to, I go, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. The zeitgeist has got to be me. It's established on Knuckle Up. It's established on the show Stomper. It, it, it's, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fake it anymore, man. I can't. I sit at this desk. I can't. And they go, okay, okay, okay. Just do it. So we create this on the QT and very hush, hush. Ozzy Confidential. So I go to meet this guy for Ozzy Confidential. Now, I've already got five or six in the can, and this is the new the new version. And the guy says, man, I'm going to pick you up. And I go, no, 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 no,
But even then, it's like, I just, I can't give you the address, man. Mostly because there is no address. <laughs> There's no way. I go, how do you get your mail? He goes, I have to drive an hour to get my mail. I got a mailbox in another, in another city. I go, well, what do you, he goes, what about your, your email? You're connected to, nah, bro. I go, nah, nah, private, private satellite on another portion, open property away from mine, dark server overseas. I'm going to have to give you directions. Like I'll, like I'll, I'll text them to you periodically. It'll be like a snipe punt, like drive here. Go there. So naturally it doesn't work. I get lost and I fucking overshoot it by two hours, but I finally get there. Guy is uh, got his own wa water source, his own heating source. Um, draws a long bit of electrical for the minor league electrical that he has. Is going to upgrade the solar. He uh, septic tank plumbing, which he hauls. Got surrounded by mountains. Raises his own food, grows his own uh, um, crops. And his theory, and this ties in, you just got to stick with me on this. His theory is fundamentally that, um, and if you've already checked him out, you, you, you know what the theory is, that he, we are looking at a socioeconomic collapse. And my drummer goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we, these guys have been talking like this forever. He goes, no, no. He ties it in. This was a Silicon Valley guy. And he goes, you know, all of our technology, he said, Eugene, when you and I worked together, it was uh, super micron, which means it was over a micron, the connections, the connectors, you know, the integrated circuits. He goes, now, since for quite a while, you know, Gordon, the Moore's law, everything has dropped submicron. I go, yeah, so? He goes, if there's an interruption of any kind, magnetic pulse, EMP, you know, any kind of interruption, any kind of interruption, supply chain is fucked. I go, what do you mean? Well, come on, what, what do you mean? Where I go to Safeway, it's full. He goes, how much food do you think Safeway has? You know, right on time sales. You know, if you don't have it on your shelves, you have it warehouse, and you got to pay for that warehouse. So the idea is that a second you want to go in and buy Little Debbie's, that the guy at the Little Debbie's factory goes, oh, shit, the Safeway on Shoreline and Mountain View needs Little Debbie's because Eugene's got a Georgia and they send them there. They send them straight to Safeway. It goes straight to the store. They don't have to pay for the warehouse. Don't pay for the store. Don't have to pay for security. Don't have to guard against rodents. Don't have to keep their shit or 90 days return reserve, don't have to do, you know, consignment, don't have to pay out, and the money doesn't come back. It's all point. So how much you, and he goes, let me tell you, and I have not checked this out, but he says a day. He said, if everything shut down, your Safeway has enough food to last through that local area a day. So what do you think if there is some sort of event that results in there being, a, 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 and all of these are phones, the ATM system, submicron, all of it, puts that shit on the fritz and takes more than a day to get back up. 
like has had been the case with wildfires, like has been the case with uh, you know earthquakes, tremendous natural disasters. He goes, what do you think would happen to poor people in trailer parks and projects all across America if their EBT cards stopped working and they couldn't get food for a day or two days? How much food do you have at home? The reality of it is, he goes, we've gotten closer to total socioeconomic collapse. And he goes, this is driven by uh, our huge debt. I assume this guy would be a Trump guy. He goes, you know, the debt is now, it, it's crazy. And his, these tax cuts have driven it. What do you think is going to happen? It, he goes, it's not like, and I said, well, man, it's, this is, we're, we're, we're casino politics, man. This is gangster time. Do you know what gangster time is? He's like, what's gangster time? It's like, if I owe you lots of money, at a certain point, gangster time is like, you know what? Go fuck yourself for that money. I'm not paying a dead man. And if I see you, you're a dead man. He goes, yeah, <laughs> okay. All right, you know who's holding a lot of unsecured debt for the US? China. He goes, I'm seeing a war with us in China in the next 15 years. He goes, I, I'd be more, believe me, out of other people, I'd be more, more than happy to die an old man in my bed, none of this stuff having happened, but it's coming and it's coming. And I say, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, let's see this. So we get a pulse, the phones don't work. And I used to say this all the time. People talk about the awesome crushing might of the internet. And I was like, why don't you show me about the awesome crushing might? This guy used to live, this guy, Adam Paul, was one of the early designers for Apple. He designed Mac Draw, I believe. We were roommates. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, awesome power, the internet, man. Everybody, you're going to be able to shake me up, do everything. And as he's talking, I walked over to the wall and yanked out the plug. So like, you fucking dick, what are you going to go, hey, man, it's awesome, right? Awesome and powerful. You know, compared to this, you know what's much more powerful? A ball peen hammer. Because I could destroy the computer and you. Well, my James Wesley Rawls has taken this proviso and made it a total lifestyle. So fundamentally, I was at his mountain redoubt uh, that takes hours to get anywhere to. And uh, uh, he was essentially laying it all out for me. And it's part, it's part of the, the upcoming podcast, uh, probably number six or seven on the Aussie Confidential, which is going to kick off sometime in November even followed by a live event of some kind. In other words, what Ozzy has let me do is create a kiosk for y'all. Like they were so angry and upset about me working for doing uh, Knuckle Up for Vox. They realized, and I said, man, are you going to give me space to do what I want? And like, wow. I said, okay, so it was two years since we had that conversation, but apparently they have, and it's called Ozzy Confidential. I don't mind it being branded with their name. I mean, I thought of the name, and there's a reason. I tied it into Ozzy. It doesn't have to be me to do it, which I think they were concerned about. In other words, they didn't want to do a Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. They want to do Ozzy Confidential because they never know when they want to fire me. <laughs> 
So, so this is James James Wesley, comma Rawls. And as it'll happen with people, they, we we are homeostatic systems, right? Which by which I mean, by which I mean, you could talk to anybody long enough, and at a certain point, stuff starts to sound okay to you. And he said to me, you know, and this was an eerie moment where he said, you know, where I got a lot of this stuff from initially. Uh, I go, who's that? He goes, you. Do you remember talking to me about the trilateral commission? I, oh man, yeah, I do. He goes, so you saying you don't believe that stuff now? I go, no, 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 I still believe it. But for me, do, do you remember the early illustration for the Godfather? Do you remember what it was? It was a Godfather and it had the marionette sticks. I need to get my right hand uh, from under the computer. It had the marionette sticks holding, uh, there's an Italian word for puppet. In, this, in the Godfather, Puzo uses, uses it to describe normal people. Normal people at the end of these strings. So it looks like a, it looks like a cross, right? And if you've ever messed around with puppets, you know, it looks like a cross. It's got a long top and it's got a crossbar, right? And in the Godfather illustration, there's a string that comes from, from each of it. It comes from the top, comes from the bottom, it comes from the two sides so you can control your puppet. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so I'm down with all the different strings. Trilateral commission, the grays, Rosicrucians, <laughs> no, uh, 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 what is those guys? Uh, uh, Masons, you know all that. Uh, Adam Weishaupt, all that crazy crap. I know that crazy, and I use it lovingly. I said all those little things. But what I'm concerned about, he goes, yeah, I'm concerned about the single string. If you look at the illustration, the, the guys, the, there's one string that goes into the cross, and then one, two, three, four that come out of it. So I imagine these are for the for those listening on just on the radio. The the left and right ones are for the for you know for the arms, and uh, you know, and the top one of the cross is for the head, and then the bottom one is for the feet. But there's always in the illustration there's a string above that that one string. What is that one string? What is that one string? said, well, you know, different people cotton to different things. You know, there's this idea that um, recently being advanced by weed-smoking South African Elon Musk that there's a possibility, I think it was him, who said we could be living in a simulation. Okay, this is not new. This goes back to, to the matrix. We could be living in a simulation. This goes back also to my humble idea of the consciousness soup, the soup of consciousness. Where we go when we dream, also known as where we go when we die, laws of thermodynamics, energy can either be created or destroyed, destroyed, takes different forms. Deja vu. I've seen things in my dreams that have later ended up coming true. How did I know that? I have memories pre-existing me. What do those mean? Simulation is good. It enters our vocabulary and our conception of how our lives were and like an abusement park. People who choose to commit suicide or people who've had, hey, you're riding, not stop it, I'm getting out. You sit in the front seat of the roller coaster, you bored, or you, you let's, let's go on the atomic drop. 
You can make series of right choices, a series of wrong choices. You can ride your ride all the way to the end, 102 years old, dying in your bed peacefully, which is no great shakes necessarily. Or some other thing could have an angry, angry, uh, 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 an angry anti-Semite could shoot you. All of these could happen to end the simulation. Thrusting your consciousness back into the the subconsciousness and then ready to begin another ride and whatever lays beyond. Who knows? But this adherence to a panic about the present time. Somebody was texting me immediately before the beginning of the show. Yuji, what are you working on now? And that's kind of a ridiculous question for me because if you pay attention to the show, you know I got lots of irons in the fire. And I say, I'm he, and he was like, say, you should reissue the fight book. You know, it's out of print. I go, it's still available. They go, yeah, it's out of print. I'm telling you, HarperCollins has some that is still there. They're still there. How do I know they're still there? Because they still say they're in the red. And it's still based on how many copies they need to sell. I think they need to sell like 800 more copies. And then I'll start getting real royalty checks. So they're still there. Well, they should reissue. In their minds, no, it doesn't make any sense. But I, I I digress. So dude is all in. He's all in. And he said something compelling to me. He said, the apocalypse could happen, and I wouldn't even know about it. Well, I guess not until you went to your mailbox, and there was no mail coming in, no checks. Uh, or, you know, not to your, your international, you know, dark server shut down. He said, listen. One one percent of the people right now provide food for ninety nine percent of the other people. Your computer goes down. You're not eating. You know, are you saving? Are you putting aside food? I go, man, this goes back to the 1950s bunkers. He goes, just because every generation has had its panic doesn't mean we're justified in being panicless. Like Bill Burr says, he goes, you know, it, it, you if you're collecting stuff and you don't have guns. You're just collecting stuff for the toughest guy on the block. We've seen this movie before. And I hate to be that kind of guy who says the Internet's a flash in the pan. The Beastie Boys will never make it. The Butthole Surface will never make it. With a name like that, they're a great band. But they're not going to suicidal tendencies will never make it because they're terrible live. I did say those things. That there's no nuke thing is never going to catch on. That they come out with a China syndrome and everybody freaks out. That nobody was going to stop wailing. It was a worldwide... All that shit I said, it all came true. I was on the wrong side of every single one of these issues. So right now, maybe you take it with a grain of salt where I got to go. I don't... This, I, I, I'm, I'm all in in the belief of... I've been thinking about this stuff for a long time. You know, And, and the fact that they're looking for... Places to colonize the moon or Mars will betide you when they do that. Because once the one percenters can figure out how to go away. So let me specifically, let me get, I'm, I'm getting to the nut of this. And that's to say that at a certain point, I'm so enchanted by the entire experience and, and the raw verdant beauty of the place that I start to go online uh, uh, afterwards. And start looking at real estate. 
and I discover something disconcerting. I discover that dude bought about 40 acres for like $200,000 years ago. That's workable. You might save up that much money and be able to buy it outright without dealing with a bank. That's not what they sell for now. They sell for like $2 million now. How the fuck is that possible? How the fuck is that possible? And they're taking me on a long drive. We went on some long drives to see to see that part of the wood world. And they're showing me these great spreads. They're going, I got how much is well that one's for sale. That's about 1.7. 1.7. Who's gonna buy that out here? Well, you you gonna he goes, Oh, the guy who, who owns it now, CEO. Take, keep, make this big circuit. Okay, CEO, CEO, international celebrity. All these one percenters have places out there. CEOs. These are places not affianced, even though it's in the mountains, to ski resorts. You tell me. You tell me that that Steven Spielberg has a place next to Banff. I go, okay, Nash, maybe he's dudes into snowboarding. I got it. No, 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 no. There's no extant recreational t- activity that draws folks there. Some of these people have landing strips there. One guy, he was telling me, has bought military-grade helicopters. He's got military-grade mechanics. It's, but like like you might did some construction at your house. I had some tile put in. The guy goes, hey, man, I don't have a contractor's license, but I'll do you a solid. And the guy's got some mechanics like that. Keep his helicopter. Got a helipad on his property. He flies. Guy comes out once every three months, four months. He doesn't have to be there. The guy works on the helicopter. He's got... So you think dudes just love nature? Hey, man, one or two random distribution 10 to 12 there's something going on now you know we've seen panic rooms we've seen you know there's there's celebrities are very different from you know i've interviewed my fair number they live at a different level of fear like i told you about that one woman who's the scion for some large uh, cosmetic fortune and you see her walking down the street and you think she's just walking down the street she's got a 10-person security team if you were to follow her five extra blocks, you would see that the same mother with the stroller, the same guy with the basketball, the same businessman in her are with her. <laughs> Looks just like a New York City crowd. Not. Now, see, the thing is, this is what they think. If you live, if you live in a working class neighborhood, like I am presently living in a working class neighborhood, you know, much like America's obsession with racism, America's obsession with racism is more damaging than the actual racism. What do I mean, Eugene? Well, we just had a terrible uh, synagogue shooting. 11 people were killed. That's real racism. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. How many people were, were, were killed? Um, I, I mean, in other words, America's gun ownership, and believe me, 
I'm not anti-Second Amendment here. Check out the dude from Black Guns Matter. I've said for a long time, since the 80s, any black person in America who doesn't have a gun is crazy. All of these these anti-gun laws were, were, were passed initially to keep black, black, black men specifically from getting guns. So yeah, well, they're not helping your community now. Yeah, exactly. That's a point I'm trying to make. Our obsession with racism kills far, um, kills way more people than the actual racism. 11 people just died. How many people do you think died from gun incidents all across America on that same day? For just random shit. I got a gun because I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I got fucking tired of it. I've lived my whole life expressly to to move beyond that certain type of fear, to move totally beyond the certain type of fear. Now, I don't have as much to lose, and I can tell you, in working in a living in a working class neighborhood, a blue collar neighborhood, I'm surrounded by people who are like, man, they're trying to get their taxes paid. You know, they're, 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 you know, when they got to build something, they talk, they tr- they do work trade. A lot of people actually around me right now are growing vegetables. I'm living on converted uh, 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 what used to be uh, orchards. I got an orange tree, used to have a lemon tree, got a fig tree, got plum trees, got peach trees still. I can hear roosters and chickens in the neighborhood. I used to rent to some guy who had goats. Yeah, a dude invited me over, man. We're having a party, bro. We're going to have a party. He's like, oh, I have some food, and I'm eating the food. I'm like, ah, man, this shit is great. They were Mexican. This shit is great. Hey, yo, bro, where's the goat? (laughs) Yeah, you know how that story ends. I love goats. I want to eat it. So all these one percenters are having fucking bug out pads. And I'm thinking, ah, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for Armageddon, man. Got my 65 Chevy. I, I want to get out of trouble as fast as I get in it. And then something happened. At first, it was reported that it was a Facebook bus, but it was not a Facebook bus. A bus. Crashed at the Dumbarton Bridge. It's a bridge here. You can look it up on Google Maps. It's got three lanes. Two of the lanes, two of the lanes were fucked up. And traffic was miserable. I had to meet somebody at my house. They got it, it took really a ridiculously long time. I don't think anything of it. And then I, then a week, two weeks later, there's another crash. One lane is closed. My wife, who has to drive three miles to get home after work, it took her two hours, two and a half hours to get home. And then I remember back all the stuff I had said before. I remember back to to when they started building the sound walls. And people were like, well, I'll make the neighbors much quieter. Oh, you know, the freeway noise. And then the only reason we found out is because the people who live in Crescent Circle where they have eight, 10, 12 million dollar houses in Palo Alto started complaining about the noise. 
that what the walls did was displace the noise. Also, the walls, because hoses are ineffective when they're over, they, they, those houses were now suddenly at risk because the fire trucks couldn't come. They typically, in other words, pull up on the freeway and pull the things. And so, well, what, who, did you got? Do you study? What kind of study did you do before you put the walls up? A study. Hold on. So you built the walls, sound walls, to protect the neighborhoods from sound, and discovered afterward that they don't protect the neighborhoods from sound because you did no study. Why did you do it? I said, well, all of a sudden between San Francisco and the peninsula, we've got 45 miles of freeway impossible to defend. You put up those walls and suddenly, like the two lanes on Dumbarton, or one lane on Dumbarton, I, with 10 people, could shut down Northern California. Put one bazooka on the Golden Gate Bridge, one bazooka on the Bay Bridge. A couple of people at overpasses on 101. That shit shut down. My 65 Chevy is going to be worthless. There's an airport in Palo Alto. If I was smart, I'd be taking helicopter lessons or plane lessons. Doesn't matter, because I guarantee you, if I fly to this dude's redoubt, when the shit hits the fan, I'm getting shot. <laughs> and then he'll say, oh, my God, it's terrible. Look what happened to Eugene. So I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, 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 sort, of, I'm, I'm sort of buying this. But then I, then I, then I sort of real, realize something. <laughs> that, you know, underlaying the Nazi, the Nazi movement was... You know, th there was a Nero order, and the Nero order was something that that uh, Hitler gave to Albert Speer when the war was completely lost, where Himmler was trying to make uh, armistice, and he, uh, the, uh, the other cat flew off, and he was everybody's turning against me, and he says, "Well, what about he like, Listen, I want you to bomb the bridges, I want you to bomb the power plants, I want you to take some planes and drop salt in the fields." And Speer goes, well, "What about the German people?" He goes. Essentially, fuck the German people. They failed me. People say it was so much a, a racialist, but so Hitler was, uh, 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 who is the cat? Uh, he's a social Darwinist, a racial Darwinist. And he, his belief was that in an all-out war, which he wanted, the Germans, Aryans would win. If Aryans could not win or did not win, they did not deserve, nature was the abiding law. They did not deserve to live. So fuck them. And, and Albert Speer thought about it and decided, you know, I can't, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't do it. Can't do it. Didn't, didn't pay attention to the order. Uh, he, you know, Germany had to have a future in his mind. But the temptation of Hitler's part, though he did not die in the bunker at the end of the war, Listen to the Flight of the Wolf, Dave Emery, good stuff. I understand the temptation at the party ends. You know, there are those people who are such social animals that they're that they're always constantly tired because they can't go to a party and leave the party before the party ends. There's a terrific desire to end when I leave the party, the party ends because I don't want to miss anything. I understand that. The reality of it is, though, um, I've often, let's go back to Lord Dunsany 
and the improbable adventure of three literary men. And they go on this journey to steal the most beautiful poems in the world that are watched over at the edge of the world by the watcher. And watchers are a, a motif that appear in the Apocrypha and ancient religious texts, the watchers. Comes up quite a bit. And Dunsany uses it, it, it to, in this kind of uh, fantasia. And so they, they get the box with the most beautiful poems in the world, which are valuable because they can incite people to madness or joy or anything. And as they're creeping away with it, one of them overcome. I got to look. I got I just want to see one of the most. And he, he opens this little box that's got them, makes a little noise. And he keeps sneaking out. And then suddenly, like the eye of Amagato, a light, a spotlight burns out of the temple where the where the watcher was uh, the castle that he was dwelling in on the edge of the on the edge of the earth. And they're kind of scrambling, but like the eye of Sauron, anywhere you look, eye follows him. The three thieves. One attempts to flee. Two attempts to hide. And three, clearly Dunsany's favorite and the smartest one of all, jumps off the edge of the world. And apparently, if it's the edge of the world, there's no bottom to it. So is falling forever. Now, I, I, I look at these characters as very human responses to total cataclysmic failure. You can flee to a redoubt and live off of potatoes and chickens until you reach old age. You can, um, that's a version of hiding, also a version of running. No, my version with the 65 Chevy Armageddon vehicle was a version of running. I'm going to, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you. And then there's a guy who jumps off the fucking cliff, which is my version of sitting down cross-legged, much like the Native Americans, which I thought after doing 23 of me, I thought I had a much more Native American in me than ever, but I guess not. I have a little. I mean, there. I was told there were Native Americans in my great-grandparental line. Seems like it would have, but whatever. So that version is sitting down. And waiting for death. There, there's nothing wrong. I had a moment. I had a road to Damascus moment. Quiet embrace of self. You have to go back to old knuckle ups. And I said, historical figures who have had this have frequently gone on to do extremely great but terrible things. Everyone has that story. Hitler, Mao, and Stalin all have this moment where they quietly embraced self and became who it is that they were. And start out that way, Mao started as a school teacher. Hitler was a bum and a painter. Stalin, ah, you know, was, was a, a, a thief, sneak thief, beaten by his father. And yet, 
They had this moment of quiet embrace. And I told myself, well, I, I, I am, there's a certain point at which you stop trying to become and you realize that you're being and you quietly embrace that self. It then happened in my 20s. You know, it took a while. I remember calling a friend and saying, uh, telling him. And I said, you know what? I understand how it's worked in the past. The reality of it is, if I become a danger to myself or others, you got to let me know. Don't let me turn into a Stalin. So my quiet embrace itself has, has presaged a, a great comfortability with who it is that I am and maybe a certain degree of sociopathology. But I'm not struggling to become. I am. And a, as I live, I would also choose to die. Which is to say, even if I had access to $10 million, I don't know that I'm building myself a mountain redoubt. It's why horror movies don't work for me anymore. It's like getting the first base. I got one thing you could steal from me, my life. Well, what about the lives of your children? Okay, uh, yeah, my loved ones. I defend those. But I'm not getting anybody to move to a mountain redoubt. And in making that choice, in not making that choice, you have made a choice. Which brings us to, which brings us to uh, 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 Mighty Mouse or Mighty and Funky Ben Askren. <laughs> and I told you it's going to be a longer show, not not so much longer. At this point now, what I want you to do is the question and answer session has become uh, has begun. Uh, um, uh, so what that means is right now, if you have questions for the next eight minutes, I will answer them. Even if they don't have to do with where I'm going here, you can hear with, I do not have pants on. Um, okay, here we got some questions. Uh, oh, oh, he's fast on the draw. Oh, no, this is somebody's commenting. I did a research paper on the debt. There has only been one president to take care of the national debt, Andrew Jackson. And that guy was a complete piece of shit. My God, Andrew Jackson was terrible. Uh, okay, uh, we have no questions. Then I'm going to go back to what I was talking about. So everybody is trying to decide, and I'm checking this out. Everybody is trying to decide whether whether – Dimitri, Demetrius Mighty Johnson going to one was a win, whether it was a win, 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 win. Oopsie, one, Askren. It, it really isn't a win, 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 win. It really is not. Not, 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 not a win, 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 win. Not that at all, right? Because what you're, what you're expecting me to believe is that it, you know, I mean, in, in every bit of reporting on it, what you see is is people saying, well, you know, they never did a good job of marketing DJ. DJ wasn't the most guy. They got a bit. They got a bit. They got a bit. Fuck you. Now, DJ maybe didn't make it easy. But we're talking about, you know, an organization that sold for like four and a half billion dollars. 
presumably not stupid people are running it. Presumably. And they can't. Now, you know, the thing is, if what we're going to do is start is start trading, why don't you trade some guys from KSW, some big, big ass Pol uh, Polacks. And I, I realize in America, we view that as a derogatory term. But Polish people, that is the official word for a Polish person. But I guess you have to, if you in other words, if you walk up to somebody in Poland and go, are you Hungarian? They'd say some version of, no, I'm a Polak. They don't say I'm a Polish person. But if you don't speak Polish, then I guess it's, you know. But, I mean, the thing is, if you call a, a Polish person who's never been out of Poland, you call them a Polak, they go, yeah, I'm a Polak. It's like, uh, you know, I live in Germany. I'm a German. Okay, the country is not German. I am a German. The country is Germany. I live in Amsterdam. It means I'm living in the Netherlands. It means I'm Dutch or Flemish. Or I, 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 I'm belaboring the point. Let me check to see if you guys have any questions because I don't want any whining afterward. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, all right, no, nothing. All right, so so uh, you know, yeah. Somebody just said, "Ah, oh, no, this is just a state of a." Uh, I, I, I I am sufficiently paranoid enough to believe that this is a failure at the highest level. But you notice failure accrues along the same lines. Megan, what Megan Kelly, who is insisting that Santa Claus is white and that and that and, and that Jesus Christ is white. You know, because she stood up to Trump for two seconds in the last election cycle, got and then and then and then snitched on Ailes for sexual harassment, got a cush gig at uh, at NBC, which she's now probably lost before saying, "What is the world coming to where people can't dress up in blackface anymore?" And you know, in, in a variation on an older show, when it, probably right after the, the Khabib uh, 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 McNuggets fight, I said some variation of the same thing. And I said, I said fundamentally, I don't give a fuck about your beliefs. I don't have to care about your beliefs. I don't have to honor your religion. I don't have to. Why? Why? Why should I? Why should I? These are just words. I'm not going to go into your mosque, your synagogue, your church, your temple, your school, your restaurant, your movie theater, and take a poop in the middle of it. But if I want to say something, well, say we don't. At the end of the show, the conclusion of the show, you said, well, fundamentally, we have wised up and don't feel comfortable with it because violent actions are always preceded by violent words. It's rare that somebody does a does a grizzly bear and just goes boom. And even grizzly bears give you warning. They kind of look, and then they go back to what they're doing and go, hey, is that motherfucker still there? Boom. Then they're on you. So, so it, you know, if I, can, if I can pull a Joe Namath on Megyn Kelly during the middle of the show and say, hey, how about a kiss? You know, you no, not on the lips, on my penis. And then. And say, hey, like the Oxbow line says, everybody's so sensitive these days. Not me. That's the way. That's the way the line goes. Not me. I'm okay. In fact, I'm all, I'm fucking. I'm all right. I'm even more than okay. If there was such a thing, I am it. 
That's a whole like stanza from an Oxbow song. So there's all this talk about a snowflake this, snowflake that. You get it, it's it's neither fish nor fowl. It's not six or one half. This is the you got if you in my universe. I had some new guy I rolled with today, and I was like, you got to understand here. Sorrow has made it so that none of us can go anywhere else, but a large part of being here is mockery. And if you can't take it, this is not the place for you. This is a worldview writ small. And as it is small, it is also large. These words are thought constructs. Would you prefer that I lie to you about what's going on in my head, or would you prefer that I tell you the truth? Because in the reality of it is, even when I lie, I tell the truth. So I'm having to think that I'm having to think that the reason they hired Megan Kelly is the same reason they got Ben Askren. The, the, the bald one and, and the oopsie have this demonstrated willingness to believe that there's a standard, uh, there's some free-floating standard of all Americanism that they need to hew to to make money. But these guys are five years, ten years out of date. They pushed Sage Northbutt because he was all, no, what? Northbutt, what? Northbutt. Because he was all American. Let's not fucking bullshit ourselves as to what that means. There's not a single woman at Fox that didn't look like Megyn Kelly. Give me a brunette even. Name one outside of Sarah Palin. There's this idea. But this idea, all of the, the self-hating Jews who started Hollywood... All the Warner Brothers and and those cats, these guys, they had this fixation with the shiksa. Because that, you know, they came from places where the women were dark. None of those guys were Scandinavian. And they want women that look like their mothers. And they associated California with these blondes and these blue, and that was all American. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying Funky Brent doesn't deserve it. Guy's undefeated. I've been following his career for a long time. My mother is the one who turned me on them. She caught him fighting on one of the Bjorn Rebney shows back uh, with Bellator was run by Rebney. All right. So, so, you know, so a, uh, uh, so it's a win for him. It's a win for the Oofsie. It's a win for one. I am not sure how it's a win for DJ. He's going to get commercials, more commercials. I mean, you know, DJ might be a stateless individual and not much like Khabib, not really give a shit where he makes his money as long as he's making money. Or Bob Sapp. They got lunch boxes with Bob Sapp in Japan. Bob doesn't give a fuck. Bob Sapp lost like 14 fights in a row. They didn't give a shit. Was a celebrity, which means he gets to eat for free. But you see, in this, somebody was talking to me about racism. They go, "Fuck that, man! This is a this is Marx was right. This is a class warfare, class, class, class warfare. We we're taking cues off of class. We're driven by class. Everything. If if if." If two white guys who don't know each other uh, uh, go up and talk to it within 10 seconds, they're class indicators. If you got a guy who's a pipe fitter, he's got to be a fucking really erudite pipe fitter. 
before he's going to get any kind of respect from a fucking CEO who will at best feel like he's learning something about how the other half lives talking to this guy for five minutes. So I end up, you know, I dig blue collar guys. They're direct. Don't have to worry about them. Straight up. Not nearly, you know, not nearly as, as impressed with class because it's never benefited them which is why they cling to this kind of illusion that racism, it's not racism. There's a friend of mine who's always complaining about racism. And I have other friends that are complaining about other things and, and, and nobody's talking about the elephant in the room. And that's what we're genetic. We're driven. Class is based on fucking genes. It's based on the science of 10. Guy says, man, I fucking this motherfucker. And I says, never happened to me. My roommate. My roommate, my old roommate Dwayne, roommates for several years. He's African American. Smashed his throat. So he talks like that now. On a by weird freakish bicycle accident. <laughs> Class. What kind of asshole sells water? <laughs> That's not a real question. I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost winding up here, so I'm getting to the end. So he says, and he's like telling me, man, I was out riding my bike. He was in the bicycle, and this car full of white cats pulled up next to me, and they started trying to stab my legs with a stick and then trying to throw it through the spokes. I go, really? He goes, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? I go, no. He goes, well, I guess world is a very different place at Six foot one, 220 pounds. He was willing to go there. He he wasn't copping the racism. He's like, I'm five foot fucking five. I weigh 150 pounds. 145 pounds. It's jeans. Class. These things that are harder to talk about but are there and stinking up the place everywhere. I almost beat a guy in the in the in the in the in the, 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 the shop in uh, Chevron, punched his kid in the face. It was clear they were living in an RV that was parked out that they were trying to scrabble the grass. Kid was screaming, wanting ice cream. Father fucker punched him in the fucking face. They were white. What America do you think he wants to make great? The guy just wants to get out of the fucking RV, man. And that cat in D.C. is not helping you. Class jeans. Jeans class. So DJ, don't know. Don't know if it's good for DJ. But if DJ's eating, DJ's happy, I got to guess. I mean, it's not slavery. He had to agree to it. Or like me at, at, at Defense Electronics Magazine, maybe then he gets you. What if I don't want to take the trade? Okay. The fight, those of you who want me to do the, the, the fight night at Moncton, well, if you know, you know that I only had two cares on the card, and both of my cares were right. I picked Anthony Smith, and he won in the last seconds. And then who fought right before Smith? Um, uh, oh man, I, I got very hungry all of a sudden, uh, right before Smith was, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, 
Oh man, uh, not 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 Moncton. Well, I I picked all winners. I don't know. Kid Nate is on vacation, so it's not nearly as satisfying for me. But you know, I and I know some of you guys got your feelings hurt up in Canada, who are like, man, you guys fucking fucked us over with the the the. Sorry, man. But the reality of UFC Fight Night 138 wasn't a big ticket draw. You know that, and I know that. And I got the go. I got y'all saying, "Oh yeah, it was a great fight. I had a great uh, good. I'm glad it was good. I'm glad those of you got tickets was great. I'm not shitting on that. But I just come on, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh yeah, Loboff. I didn't think. I thought Michael Johnson would beat him. Michael Johnson did beat him. I thought Anthony Smith would. Anthony Smith did win. Um, I didn't. I didn't have any other cares on the card. Shockingly. Gicta extraordinaire John Volante won. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk about it. Anyway, this is the end of V37, the joy of failure everything uh, of everything. I kind of went into the secret of where I was last, last weekend. Well, I didn't really tell you much. You have to listen to the Aussie Confidential number six, I think. And it's tell... Six? See, it all ties in. Six, six, six. Um... Tuesday, Kid Nate is on vacation, but a little bit later, 10 minutes later than usual, we'll be doing If I Did It with Johnny Nash. Johnny Nash will be filling in for the vacationing kid steak and champagne only a Nate. Followed immediately by If the Shoes Fit. We recorded earlier today in a first Care Don't Care preview for the next UFC coming up, uh, coming up. Uh, this Saturday, I picked, and it broke my heart to do it, DC. For those of you, it's it's audio only. I think it's on SoundCloud, so you have to – I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they changed it to be like that kind of stuff. I don't know. So uh, so uh, all the picks, usually we do wait for Wednesday. The Care Don't Care preview is already out. If you're following me on Facebook or Twitter, uh, I, I usually put the link up. So it, it'll be there. Keep in mind, if I, I got to get to 5,000 followers by the end of 2018 to get 25% of my raise at Ozzy. So help me out. Tell your friends to follow me. I don't give a shit if they ever come back. I just need to get that number. 25%, not bonus, raise. It affects the salary every two weeks. You can help me out. You could do me a solid. No Jiu-Jitsu Breakdown this week. Jiu-Jitsu Breakdown 3 is out already. It's on the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stopper uh, 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 channel. If you subscribe to that, you should get notified when we do it. This one, we go no-gi. You should watch it. It's an Eddie Bravo bit. You'll learn a lot. Even if you don't want to do Jiu-Jitsu, it'll help you figure out what's going on in the cage when you see stuff in the cage. So and that's called the JJB, the Jiu-Jitsu Breakdown. With me and Marty G. It's there as well. Until then, my friends, next Sunday we'll be back talking about the set. I, and, I, and on the Care Don't Care preview, I, I explained, even though Daniel Cormier is a friend of Knuckle Up, a known associate, why this is a sad fight in which nobody wins. I explained that. And I picked him, but it broke. I, I felt like Michael Corleone after he pushed the button on Fredo. I kind of did the show and then just went and stood by my picture window and looked out sadly for about 15 seconds. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. At Eugene S. Robinson is a Twitter handle. If you're on uh, Instagram, Mr. Sleep, 
The number three, if you got no photos on your page, I don't let you in because I think you're a spy. And if you try to block me, like I got a request, you got to go first. This is back to me in first grade. I'll show you yours if you show me mine, some girl said to me after dragging me in the bathroom. I go, no, 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 you go first. She shows me hers. I go, ah, and I ran away. I got many stories of me running away from women. It's a very funny story. We'll not get into it now. V37, the joy of the failure, everything. I'm Eugene S. Robinson, your host. This is Eugene S. Robinson, show stopper. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do.